I know that cars nowadays are so so comfortable, so luxurious. They do have the driving for us and they have good air conditioning. Uh, why do you need to be so fit? Hello listeners, I'm your host Ziad Matar and I would like to welcome you all to the Wirelessly Yours podcast where I talk about everything tech, business and design. On each episode, I invite some of the brightest minds to join me and discuss cutting-edge technologies, emerging business models and the latest design trends that are transforming our world and shaping the future. Wirelessly Yours. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this new episode of the Wirelessly Yours podcast. I'm your host Ziad Matar and in this episode, we'll talk about following your passion, cultural transformation and cars. To talk about this today, I have the great honor and privilege of hosting Saudi rally driver Asha'a Labaydan, who also happens to be the manager of the Saudi Ministry of Investment U.S. unit, U.S. office. Uh, Asha'a, welcome to the Wireless Years podcast. Thank you for accepting my invitation and squeezing us into your very busy schedule. Uh, let's talk a little bit about you, your background, uh, what's behind you, and everything we start this episode usually with. First of all, thank you for hosting me. For hosting me, and appreciate it uh, through those tough times. Honestly, um, so you mentioned I wear the hat of motorsports and I wear hat uh, of business and working with the government. But one of the things I really truly I notice you always wear a hat in your podcast, and I got my favorite one over here. I got this nice. from Isabella Patrici from the first Dakar that ever happened in Saudi. Uh, she gave me the opportunity to drive her car for the whole Radi Dawasar stage, and it was an amazing experience. My plan was to race that Dakar, and I was uh, working close to, closely with the Milad from the Dakar team, but unfortunately, it was really tough to join the race due to sponsorship and so on. But, mm-hmm. you know, we believe in, in Saudi, there's khira in every decision and, uh, and everything that happens. And I believe it was the first step in Dakar uh, for me to get the exposure and try and start planning for the upcoming Dakar 2022. So this is my favorite hat, my friend. Yalla, mabrook. It's a beautiful hat. And uh, so uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, that uh, Dakar, uh, you know, and the story behind uh, getting to Dakar. How, how did you get there? Honestly, I've been in the. I've been driving since I was a kid, right? We live in Saudi, so it's either we're on the dunes or at the beach. So I used to do a lot of water sports and a lot of motorsports when it comes to dirt bikes, buggies, and so on. My dad got me. My dad got me the first quad when I was a kid. So it started over there. But I've never thought about racing until I graduated from US, worked for a couple of years, and then I moved back and I heard that they announced the first Dakar in Saudi. And here I was like, you know what? The goal is to do the car. I want to prepare myself, do all preparation, race, train, and just race the Dakar while it's in the kingdom. And that's where actually where it all started. Well, that's lovely. And as a kid, also the Dakar used to really be the Paris Dakar, and I always dreamed of uh, you know being part of it one uh, one way or the other. So I'm so happy that it is now so close to us, and that we can you know somehow you'll somebody be, can, that I know is co-pilot. there. Yes, you'll be my co-pilot, my friend. Yalla. We'll do, the, we'll do the podcast uh, along the way. Dakar 2022, <laughs> yalla. Deal, deal. So, Asha, uh, one of the first sections in, in our podcast is the elephant in the Zoom. And in, in this one, it's uh, very interesting because I want to mention one fact. How do I know that I'm really talking to you? I follow you on Instagram, and every day you're posting, uh, if this account follows you, it's not me, it's a fake one. 
at the end, one day I was talking to you and I wasn't sure if it was really you or somebody pretending to be you. So what's the story behind that? The story behind that, well, I was surprised, honestly. Starting a year ago, uh, people, or there's a certain group that started copying and creating fake accounts under my name. And it's quite interesting because a lot of people believed them and started following them. And uh, But thank God, now I'm verified. My account is verified as a, an athlete, a Saudi female rally driver. And alhamdulillah, it's all gone, to be frank. Well, oh, it, was, it was kind of funny, you know, to see people mimicking my account, copying it. It was quite funny. Were they trying to do something bad uh, or they yeah. just doing this for fun? Unfortunately, they were trying to hack people's accounts. And that's why I always, always try to tell people those are the fake accounts. Please don't follow. I've been actually following up with Instagram since day one and trying to solve the issue. Uh, and if you go to my account, you'll see that I posted one specific post regarding that situation. But mm. alhamdulillah, it's, it's uh, over. Very good. And I'm glad that Instagram was helpful and uh, supported you in, in solving that with the verified uh, mark and everything. Thank you. Very good. So uh, with that out of the way, uh, let's talk about uh, the what I call the business unusual section. And I think it's very unusual that uh, you know you are able to mix these two uh, you know hats that you wear from one side the hat of you know a senior government uh, employee in the investment uh, ministry of investment so doing a very uh, you know important and official role and at the same time you know following your passion and being a rally driver in in in, in you know in an extreme environment even uh, so you know how how do you balance with these two tell us a little bit more about this to be frank with you, and I cannot see myself without doing or doing three things, business side, sports side, and the art. Uh, three of them feed my soul, and that's what keeps me going, to be frank. Now, when it comes to time management, I know it's not easy, but you can manage it. If you're really passionate about it, you can manage it the right, manage it the right way. So I go to work, and then I train. I do a lot of scuba and free diving on weekends, and... Honestly, I believe once you're really truly passionate about something, you you can manage your time. Uh, what is the, uh, the what is the artistic the third hat that you mentioned? Photographer. I started doing photography uh, since I was in high school, and uh, before COVID, I used to travel to a lot of countries just to take portraits. When I say photography, for me, it's all about portraits and capturing people's soul from the from their faces and uh, I did that for a while and I actually showed my artwork here in Kingdom in the Kingdom and back in LA and people really liked it and I'm really proud of that. That's amazing. Uh, we will give us later on if you have an account for photography so that we can Inshallah. Well. Yeah. Inshallah. And uh, so let's talk about the first hat again. So uh, your role at the Ministry of Investment, what, what does it mean today? And uh, are you in the United States now or are you managing this from Saudi Arabia? Currently, we're managing this from Saudi Arabia. My, my, there, I have other fellow colleagues that are in U.S. Due to COVID, the situation is a bit different this year and, and we're trying to manage it remotely. Uh, what I do is, as you know, 
with the kingdom new vision we're focusing 2030 we're focusing on investments how to bring fdi to the country right one of the uh, let's say pillars of that is getting investors to invest in the kingdom because opportunities are everywhere so i work across 12 sectors and try to get uh, let's say the biggest well-known investors to come and build businesses in the kingdom and that's Thanks. actually one of the things I like to do since when I was in U.S., I took my master's and I graduated. And then I started working the ecosystem of entrepreneurship and investment. And that's where I built my career. And I'm here today in the kingdom working specifically in that uh, industry. Uh, any specific sectors that the kingdom is targeting now for investment for FDI? A lot of sectors, to be frank. You have the entertainment, you have the motorsports, you have uh, a lot of industrial sectors. Uh, that goes under industrial like uh, car manufacturing and so on. Right. So actually, that's why I love the industry. Uh, I love the ministry because it works across all 12 sectors and they're all crucial today. Yeah. And uh, do you see this, uh, the interest has increased or changed uh, in the past year after, uh, you know, the world went uh, more digital or more uh, virtual? Uh, to be frank with you, since I started working in the ministry, I have noticed that FDI increased uh, in the kingdom and a lot of foreign investors are interested just because Saudi is doing a great, awesome job to ease the investments in the kingdom. We have amazing opportunities. We are the biggest market in the Middle East when it comes to consuming and demand. And uh, you see you see the pattern of a lot of companies coming to Saudi and investment because the ease of process as well. Is, is honestly very, how to say, it was very impressing. Yeah, it, it has definitely changed dramatically from before uh, yeah. to make it uh, much more transparent, much more predictable and easy to uh, execute. That's very interesting. And then when it comes to your uh, sports career, so uh, as, as a, I mean, uh, it, it is not only about driving a car, it's a very athletic uh, job. So you said you train. Uh, give us an idea about your training, uh, you know, program. How does scuba diving fit into that, or doesn't? Uh, maybe some uh, advice for us as your uh, so. When it comes to training, honestly, it's a crucial thing in motorsports. I train three times with a PT, with a PT personal trainer, and then three days just doing it, doing cardio. We have a a big stairs, like long stairs in Wadi Hanifa. I just run yeah. that to up and down four times uh, for three oh. days. And it really helps when it comes to cardio. When it comes to body weight, my PT trainer does an awesome, uh, awesome job. When you say scuba diving or free diving, honestly, I free dive a lot, a lot. And it helps because you have the weight belt and then we go really deep and kick really hard. So. We burn a lot of calories, my friend. Uh, actually, if I only do free diving every single day, my my body would be pretty strong and ready for rallies. Interesting. And uh, uh, how how do you see the the equivalent in 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 in, in, in you know doing a rally in a car? Like it, I know that cars nowadays are so so comfortable, so luxurious. They do have the driving for us, and they have good air conditioning. Uh, why do you need to be so fit to do that? Why that is so. <laughs> 
I'm a dirt biker. So it was to train on a dirt bike to do the navigation for a rally on a dirt bike and go endure like for a long distance on a bike. You really, really, really need a strong upper and lower body, right? When it comes to cars, same situation. Why? Because you'll be driving for hours, my friend, for Mm. really long, long hours. So you don't want to feel any kind of weakness in your muscle or you just want to be really strong until the end of the of the race. Yes, the cars are more the car, cars are more comfortable than bikes, but still it needs a longer long 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 and really really strong uh, body endurance. It's interesting because we're watching the Netflix series about Formula 1 and I see uh, yeah. there's a lot of uh, the training that uh, drivers do and a lot of uh, you know hand eye coordination and reflexes and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, a rally is much longer than a Formula One race as well. You know, a Formula One race is over in what one hour, one hour plus. Yeah, uh, more than one hour. So yeah. you have different kind of rallies. You have the yeah. Baja rallies, which is two days. Then you have the cross country from five to seven days, and then you have the Dakar, which is twelve days. So well, imagine that. Yeah. And you're uh, you 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 took part in the in the Dakar now uh, two times. Uh, Tell us a bit about the experience in each one, because in each case, it was a different kind of experience. The first Dakar that ever happened in Saudi, I told you, I, I was working close uh, closely with the Dakar team to race the first time uh, ever when Dakar happened. And it wasn't uh, an easy process, um, but I got the chance to drive one of the stages, which is what did the water and the feeling was amazing, to be frank with you. As soon as I sat in the car and started driving, I was like, you know what, this was this is what I was born to do. You know, there's a certain feeling, a passion you feel, and uh, I haven't felt it any elsewhere. So that's amazing. The, the, this car, uh, it was it was not your first rally ever. It was your first Dakar, right? No, it is. It was my first experience in a rally. In a rally, okay. So how easy was it for you to to get into someone else's car and drive it? I mean, these cars are quite rough. Yes, Isabella Patrici, uh, she actually got the car just for us Saudi females to try the Dakar experience the first year because it was really hard to get in. So the Dakar team were, were really great to come up with this idea. Uh, oh, okay. Yes. So it, it allowed you to, uh, and, uh, to, to try part of the Dakar without being uh, formally part of it. And what did you do the second year, which is this year? So second year, first year was a great project. I feel that it was the start to market my story and market my first foot uh, steps to create uh, the vision and the goal I want, right? So the second year, we already trained a couple, we've been training a lot. The Dakar team and the Saudi government invited us to experience it behind the scenes, to experience the car for 12 days behind the scenes. And it was, a, it was a great opportunity. I spent a lot of time with Utah, the first female who actually finished the Dakar and spent it with a lot of different teams that I really need for them to support me when I drive my international rallies that I want to participate in and in Dakar. So right. the experience was was amazing, yes. And after, and honestly, uh, go ahead. Me. Sorry, I'm listening. No, 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 tell me. no, I will. I will ask you later about something that happened after. Yes. Yeah, so, so I believe my first step started in the first Dakar, and then it's building up. I did my first rally a month ago in Sharjah. Alhamdulillah, I won first place in my 
category and fifth overall among 19 racers. So that was a really, really great start. And next step is I'm going to do the International Cross Country Championship, a couple of the races, one in Spain, one in Morocco, and, and I think there's one in Hail uh, and Abu Dhabi. So that's the plan as a preparation for the car 2022. So I'm really working really hard with training, picking the right rallies uh, to race for preparation for the car, the upcoming one, inshallah. And so from the car directly to the first race, and you won uh, in your category uh, in, in all women, and you were five in, uh, in, in the no. whole race, right? No, only two females. That's it, only... two Saudi females. Okay. That's it, yes. Out of 15 participants, right? 19. 19. Very interesting. But that's very good. So now, uh, just uh, when it comes to motorsports, and you know, it, it seems to be continuing uh, to happen very well uh, in the region here. And so I understand from you the next races are going to be in Spain and the UK. Is, is this going to happen soon uh, under you know, the current uh, restrictions? It's possible to hold these kind of activities? Yes, it is because we test at least four times and those races are really well managed uh, internet, locally and internationally. So we had the Dakar, we had, we had Shargiya Rally here locally in the kingdom and the situation was really pretty safe, you know. They're really yeah. strict. They really they have a great strategy. Safe. Anyway, it, it was really nice to follow the Dakar through your lens uh, and your Instagram account. So at least... I know that it works as an experience for uh, you know viewing remotely. It doesn't perhaps being there in the action gives a different vibe for a spectator. But if you want really the quality uh, full experience, it is through a you know a TV or or a big screen. You you can yes. see a lot more of the race and from different perspectives. Uh, you know what the most interesting part is I got the chance to see the emotions of the drivers just starting the race and ending you'd be surprised yeah. without them saying any word you feed everything through their eyes and face expressions and it was really interesting Again, back then i wish i had my professional camera just to take portraits of their faces absolutely and when the when it comes to the dakar uh is it really about winning but or is it also a lot about finishing as well it's, it's a difficult race right if you ask me today michelle I see the car as finishing the race because it's not easy. It's mentally challenging, physically challenging. I met a lot of uh, men that were crying really hard. And when I asked them, they were like, it's really tough. It's not easy. Wow. Uh, that shows you, like, I mean, if you finish the Dakar, that's an accomplishment. And that's my goal, to be frank with you. My goal is to try my best to finish the Dakar. Of course, amazing. winning is amazing, uh, but... When it comes to the car, finishing is everything, honestly. Yalla, we are all working for 2022 now, and we'll see how we take part of it uh, as your co pilot and your co podcaster, whatever. Very good. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, you know, the future of motorsports in Saudi Arabia because it's, it is a relatively young uh, you know, sport in the kingdom. I have seen football being super popular. I know that gaming as well and esports are, are very popular, but now, Suddenly, in one year, we have the Dakar, we have Formula E, we have Formula One. Uh, this is the top names of the of the motor world happening all in Saudi Arabia. That's a huge order of magnitude, a huge leap forward. What's happening there? How is the government uh, encouraging this? And what do you see happening next? 
here's we go, we go back to the vision 2030 it's all about the changes the improvement right so one of the things is when is actually motorsports and as you said you see the biggest most toughest races in the world are happening now in saudi from formula e formula one the dakar and so on last month actually two weeks ago we saw extreme e for the first time starting in the kingdom they jump-started the project in the kingdom and uh, i had the opportunity to work with them in december back in december to design and uh, test the track so seeing all of those things happening here you see very clearly where is the direction going for the next years uh, we have the Gidea that will be the let's say the hub for all kind of motorsports and it's just a start to be frank it's just a start there are many more to come and many more achievements in the kingdom Amazing. inshallah and that in what is going to uh, you know what is going to be after the dakar then if we look a little bit forward for you are you looking at uh, you know more uh, uh, you know more deeper into motorsports would you look into the formula uh, series or do you think you're going to branch out and look at other disciplines within motorsports like again dirt biking and biking and other things for me dunes are everything to be frank with you i'm i'm a, a desert girl let's say so you don't see yourself on a on a on a flat circuit uh, uh, no it's yeah. amazing I love watching it live and watch, watching it uh, on TV and social media, but I'm more of a dune sand person, desert person. And t tell us about the board behind you then. Oh, that's a <laughs> sandboard. So yeah, back in California, I used to do a lot of uh, kite surfing and we used to do okay. a similar board, uh, but it's specifically for water, right? So when yeah. I came back to Saudi, uh, I moved to Riyadh. I used to live in Eastern province and then I moved to Riyadh and it was like, you know what, I miss the water so much. I need to do something for fun that kind of relates to, to the things I used to do uh, in Saudi and US. So I got the sandboard and started actually sandboarding the dunes of Riyadh and it's super fun. You'll be how surprised, you, it goes really fast. How did you find the analogy? Because I, I do, I snowboard and I tried once sandboarding just for fun, but it was not, it was not the same. I, I, I took a lot of sand. So, same thing at the beginning same thing so you need really big dunes steep ones yeah. and then you know what's the secret you need to put a lot of wax and vaseline and it goes really fast it goes really fast and then the technique is the same in europe oh a bit different when it comes to body posture kind of kind of similar but the feeling is is different this feeling okay. is really different it's a slow body turning, posture yeah. yes yeah interesting. okay very good i always uh you know, find the surfing and, and you know, uh, all kinds of uh, activities that require equilibrium fascinating because at the first moment of everything, you need to lo lose equilibrium for it to work. Yes. You need yes. to just decide that I'm not going to be in control for a friction of a second. And for that fraction of a second, it's like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. And then boom, it goes. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Same for kite surfing. I tried it. it was, I was miserable for two days because I tried to do it <laughs> intensively. But it's so good. It's such a nice. Uh, do, you, do, you, do you manage now to kite surf in Saudi Arabia when you go to the coast? So I took it back in California and I'm a beginner, right? I yeah. really need uh, a trainer with me because it's not easy and it is dangerous because once the, the kite like really, really lifts you up, it's really dangerous. You might yeah. drop from like two, three meters and that's really high, you know? So I tried to find actually. Um, a coach here in Saudi, a trainer, but 
uh, it was really hard to to find one. So now I'm just focusing on school, uh, free diving, and on training for my rally. All right. Message to all kite surfers who are listening to us today. If any of you is an instructor, please make sure to contact my child after that. Please find me on Instagram. I really miss the sport. <laughs> <laughs> I will connect you with the team here in Dubai that I know. Maybe <laughs> maybe they can do something. There. Can't wait. Inshallah. Very good. Fantastic. And. Uh, Thanks a lot, Mashal. I think uh, we're nearing the end of our session. I really want to thank you for joining us today. I feel we can have uh, many more uh, podcast episodes that talk about a lot of uh, other things. So hopefully this is the start of, uh, of something. Uh, for our listeners, if you'd like to ask more questions, uh, please engage with uh, Mashal and myself on social media. We will share her Instagram handle where she's very active. And uh, you know, feel free to ask any questions. Uh, if you know any good sponsors as well, uh, we know that there's a great team looking for a sponsor for Dakar 2022. Uh, thanks again. And before you tune out, please remember to rate and review Wireless to Yours on your favorite podcast platform. Bye-bye. Dear listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you subscribe to Wireless to Yours on your favorite podcast app. We are available on all popular platforms, including Anrami, Apple, and Spotify. Your opinion matters to us, so leave us a review with your feedback and stay tuned for more. Wireless to yours.